Whoa, everybody! <laughs> it's just absurd. Rewritten episode 17, motherfuckers. Probably shouldn't be swearing starting off. But 17 motherfucking weeks. <laughs> 17 weeks here, baby. 17 of the 83. Not accurate, but right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but anyways... I'm Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com, and with me, it is the powers that be. Some may call him creative control. It is Marcus, my degenerate brother, D'Angelo. Marcus, okay, the, the, no, the, powers, the powers that be are very Russo era. It's brutal. Yeah, well, you're brutal, so I figure it's a, probably a good, uh, good comparison. Oh, Benjamin Jones throwing those hands up. He's like, fuck you two raws on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the vibe, but what if it is, it's hilarious. Yeah. Why are you doing this? <laughs> so what the that fuck, man? During Raw? We're not talking Raw. We're Listen, Marcus, as much of a degenerate as he is, I think he could book a better show than what's going on on Monday nights on USA Network every night at 8 p.m. Every and night. you know why is because there's a bunch of uh, 20-year-old soap opera writers writing Raw right now. So, I, you know, it's it's problematic. Well, as the thing is, it's not really the writer's fault. It's Vincent uh, what uh, they shouldn't have no, no, shouldn't no, no, no. have shouldn't have hired those writers. Well, that's Vincent Man's decision, isn't it, Marcus? Right. I'm, Dominic. I'm agreeing with you. Stop being confrontational. No, I'm very confrontational right now. Very confrontational, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of confrontation on this week's episode of WCW Nitro. And that's just saying the same thing. She's like, "Hey, fu- uh, fucking Raw is on. What are you guys doing? <laughs> what, the, what, the <laughs> hell's up with this shit? what the hell's up with? We do got a, good, a lot of people here in the room. It appears so. Thanks right. for joining us. Maybe they're realizing like we're not talking about Raw, but we're <laughs> fucking fantasy booking like a bunch of like a holes. So, uh, hey. So by the way, we ordinarily do this on Sunday. We were unable to do it yesterday because Dominic was in Philadelphia covering uh, the the Battle Riot for Major yeah, League no, Wrestling. Doesn't... Yes, yeah. MLW Battle Riot. What a show it was in Philadelphia. First show back uh, and uh, at the historic ECW Arena. Uh, wow. it was. They put on quite the card. A lot of good surprises going on. Uh, a lot of good appearances and great, great matches. Wait till you see them come out. Um, but, yeah, I was there on hand for MLW Battle Riot. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, there's a, but you can step away from WWE unless you're a WWE fan, obviously go watch whatever you want, but uh, away from WWE, there's so much great wrestling content right now. You know, like you've got MLW, you've got AEW, you have NWA and you have, uh, there's one more that's escaping me. Wait, ROH. There's, there's a lot of really great wrestling. Best there. in the world, <clears throat> right? There's there's alternatives to uh, Impact. You know, there's a lot of alternatives to WWE. It's a really fun time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, lots of options and a lot of uh, fluidity in between promotions too. So real good times. It wasn't so much back in this time. The fluidity was a little stilted because the competition was thick, and it was uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross in the wrestling business. I mean, it always going to be like that, but. Very, uh, the lines of the sand were drawn in between folks back then. What the hell are you talking about? You're talking about 1998? Yeah, dipshit about this. What the fuck about? <laughs> um, Dominic, do you have the uh, results pulled up? No, I don't. Me? What is the date? You are <laughs> the fucking worst. Uh, it <laughs> is March 23rd, 1998. March 23rd, 
1998. Marcus, uh, give him a little bit of a housekeeping stuff. Uh, yeah, well, in a nutshell, you know, I'm, let me come up with some of the storylines. Uh, so Bret Hart was recently hit by Eddie Guerrero, allegedly, in a uh, in a car. Eddie Guerrero certainly seems happy about it because he has a match scheduled against Bret Hart, singles match, um, for Spring Stampede, which is coming up. Uh, and Davey Boy Smith ter- took umbrance with it, and so now he is challenging Eddie Guerrero to a singles match tonight here on Monday Nitro. Uh, the gold standard is vying for the uh, tag team title uh, for for the opportunity to challenge for the tag team title. But the the Wolfpack, the Outsiders, they want uh, the shot at the tag team titles, and they're saying, nah, ah, 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 we deserve it." Um, plenty more, plenty more. Dominic, uh, do you have the results pulled up? I do have the results. Real quick, Nesha does ask, "Hey, why is MLW not on Vice at the moment?" Well, it's because they need new episodes, and um, this was going to be. Uh, this weekend was a recording of a lot of those episodes. So they'll be they'll be back on Vice soon enough. What they've been doing on YouTube is running old episodes of MLW Underground, which is from like 2002, 2003. And those are really fun to watch, especially if you're an ECW fan. That kind of, but a lot of uh, wrestlers that are still wrestling today are on that program. Like, so Christopher Daniels is in a big appearance. TJP's on there. Um, Davey Boy Smith Jr. wrestles on there. I can go on and on. Matt Cross, who was just in Philadelphia for that show uh, was on that card too. I got to talk to him a little bit about that. Hey, we, um, got, we got a couple other things I want to mention. Also, yeah. Benjamin saying Chelsea Green and ROH couldn't be happier. Love Chelsea Green. Uh, got to know her basically because I'm a big fan of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast and Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. So, um, really cool. Uh, really happy for her. Um, Tom is saying, rest in peace, Mr. Wonderful. Paul Rundor yeah. passed away today, for those of you who don't know. Really sad. Uh, a huge icon in the business. And uh, he was in WCW at this time. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true, wasn't he? He was an agent. He also helped at the power plant. Actually, he wound up having a match, I think, around 1999, 2000. Really? Yep. He came back and had a match. He did wind up getting injured. Huh. I'm going to have to look that up. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, RIP, Mr. Wonderful. He was great. What a heel. What a oh. heel. What a look, man. What a look, too. It's just like he had it all going for him. And, like, you know, he only elevated Hogan's Hulkamanian run. Like he was a major part of Hogan's Hulkamania run. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and a viable heel uh, for Hogan to come up against. It's this big muscly guy like uh, like Paul Orndorff. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, this guy could actually put Hogan in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the guy, uh, it's just like it's a shame. Like he had the situation with his arm and uh, just did things did not go. Because I didn't, mean, didn't really negatively impact his career, his wrestling ability, though. Got to say, he was still pretty good, even though he had that degeneration from, uh, I think it was nerve damage in his arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was still pretty darn good. Uh, hey, Tom, uh, ra- rather, Randy Massengill, he's saying, hi, guys, how are you all? I'm a Goldberg fan. Uh, well, you're going to get some Goldberg here tonight. Uh, that's another thing that's going on with the storyline, if you're not caught up. Uh, Goldberg is now the number one contender for uh, NWO member Brian Clark's uh, U.S. championship. And uh, but Eric Bischoff is throwing up a damn firewall, and he's like, uh, You can get at him at Spring Stampede, but first, tonight, you're fighting Brian Adams. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, Randy, we're big Goldberg fans too. Uh, oh, absolutely, we grew up. Uh, I think it was he our first wrestler we met, or did we meet Gilbert first? He was, I uh, Goldberg was first. And here's something okay. that's interesting is I believe he had just won the U.S. title when you and I met him. Well, so yeah. it was between, between the U.S. title and the world title. It was, and it was between, and I think the next night or that weekend, whatever it was, he was doing Great American Bash for his 100th match, 
like his, I think his uh, quote unquote 100th win, I think. And it was going to be against Conan the next week. Yeah, he was he was just starting to heat up. And Dominic and I happened to meet him. Uh, he came really close to our hometown. And we, we got to meet him. And then next thing you know, it's like this guy that we just shook hands with is on top of the wrestling world. It was incredible. And then Marcus and I got to meet him back in April, right before I started write, writing for WrestleZone. Uh, at April, WrestleCon. April, April 2018. Yep, at WrestleCon. And um, I showed him the picture of me as a kid with him and he was like jesus christ <laughs> he was like oh i'm old <laughs> uh shark week is on but hey you guys are here for wcw rewritten uh press so with the sharks in press wcw pause. tonight ben press pause on shark week and i promise that we're not going to have uh the shark here uh the former earthquake he's he gone on tenta John, John Tenta. Boy, was he wrestling though around this time i'm sure he started he was starting somewhere who? Shark Boy? Yeah, I'm sure he was out in the Indies. Yeah. Uh, James, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, yeah and he's he's ready. To, uh, Randy's ready to check it out, man. He's about to start wrestling in San Antonio. Oh, how about that? Good and start, HBK man. is going to be his trainer. Oh, I like Randy. That. Randy, like congrats, that. man. That's cool. San Antonio, that's a great, great city for wrestling. They got uh, Mission Pro down there. Thunder Rose's Mission Pro. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Hey, let's get this thing moving, Dom. Do you have those results? Here. Yeah, so the results. Marcus, first off, obviously this occurred on March 23rd, 1998, as you previously stated. What city did this occur in, Marcus? Uh, in uh, Tuscaloosa. Nope, no, 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 no. It was Cornette Country, Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. At Freedom Hall. Freedom Hall. Louisville. I'm sure Corny would have rather been there than up in uh, up in Connecticut at this point. Yeah, things weren't going his way. <laughs> Let's just say that. Or uh, the Midnight Express's way, the new Midnight Express. Uh, anyways, so the following matches occurred. Ultimo Dragon defeated Chavo Guerrero Jr., who was with Eddie Guerrero in two minutes and nine seconds. What a short match. Scott Steiner with Buff Bagwell defeated Wayne Bloom in three minutes and four seconds. Another short match. Another short match following up with that one. Psychosis defeated Lodi in 2 minutes and 55 seconds. A WCW World Heavyweight title match occurred in the middle of the card as Sting defeated DDP. Does that sound right, Marcus? In 11 minutes? Uh, yes. Um, Lex Luger defeated Rick Fuller in 3 minutes and 15 seconds. Eddie Guerrero with Chavo Guerrero defeated Kaz Hayashi in 5 minutes and 5 seconds. Marcus's boy, Prince Ikea, Wow, defeated Conan in 5 minutes and 42 seconds. What the Holy fuck? shit. Jeez Louise. WCW Cruiserweight Championship was Chris Jericho successfully defended against our boy Lenny Lane. Two-on-one handicap match. The Giant defeated Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash with Eric Bischoff in 6 minutes and 22 seconds. Then the world television title match occurred as, Chris, as Booker T versus Chris Benoit ended in a time limit draw in 7 minutes and 35 seconds. Why was it 7 minutes and 35 seconds? Why was that the draw time limit? British Bulldog defeated Kurt Henning with Rick Rude by DQ in 5 minutes and 38 seconds. Bill Goldberg defeated the Renegade. The gig is up for him in 40 seconds. Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth in the main event. Fought Roddy Piper, which ended in no contest in 3 minutes and 30 seconds. So that was your card. 
They shoehorned a fuckload of matches in there. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yes, um, James is saying, Mr. Wonderful, arguably the best physique of any wrestler in the 80s next to Rick Rude. Yeah, I mean, Rick Rude, uh, you got to go Lex Luger. He was active in the 80s. Uh, obviously, the ultimate warrior. But, I mean, Mr. Wonderful was right up there, man. Unbelievable physique. Yes, and, like, you look at it, too. Like, yeah, he was one of the real good body guys back then out of everybody. Like, you know, you put peel them and put them in today. Damn, what a top star right there you know he looked like he even in his older years he looked like he could still stretch you yeah yeah um all right so that was what actually happened on uh on wcw but now we've rebooked it so you're gonna you guys are gonna hear a very different version here yes marcus so how did you write rewrite this episode of wcw rewritten all right here we go guys nitro three twenty three ninety eight. We open Nitro with rough-looking video camera footage that appears to be on a live feed. When we focus in, we find that we are in a dark room with one bare light bulb lit and swinging gently back and forth. From off-screen, a chair is shoved into view. Strapped to that chair with his mouth taped shut is none other than Eric Bischoff. Bischoff appears to be completely panicked and struggling to free himself. From off-screen comes a man in a black trench coat. When he crouches down behind Bischoff, we realize that it's the icon, Sting. Sting pulls out a bat and holds it in front of Bischoff's throat from behind, not choking him, but just keeping him in place as he gives a promo. Hollywood Hogan, you and the people you paid to be your friends took something from me. So now I've taken something from you. I want you all to listen closely because I'm only going to say this once. This is far from over. If you think that you and that giant psycho can come into my company and take whatever you want, I'm going to show you just how wrong you are. I'll see you both soon, very soon. With that, Sting reaches above his head and puts the light out as Bischoff tries to scream. My goodness. All right. So what uh, you did there, that psycho. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, referring to Sid. Sid made a debut recently in this yeah. version. And he's in the NWO. Mm-hmm. After we complete the intro, we find ourselves here live on TNT. Shivani, Tanay, and Zabisco hype us up about the night, and uh, uh, and they speculate on Sting's whereabouts and intentions. Zabisco tells us that he only knows one thing, and that's that he wouldn't want to be Bischoff, Hogan, or Sid right now. We open the program with Saturn making his way down to the ring as Raven's theme hits. Uh, Saturn was an unbelievable performer, was he not, Tom? Oh, yeah, he was really good. Even um, as a kid, even as a kid, I like I recognize the value in him. Where I'm like, man, this guy looks like a million bucks, awesome physique, and he is so damn good in the ring. I liked it too when he just wrestled in the jean shorts and the hoodie. Oh, really? Yeah, I like you didn't like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that he did that. Yeah. Uh, Randy was saying that he was named after Randy Savage. His mom was in love with with the Macho Man. How about that? Dig it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Nesha pointing out Sting and Tony still active on TNT in 2021. How about that? Yes. Who who would have guessed it? Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that, that fits in that bill. Conan. Conan. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Tully. Tully. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Even though, yes. That's true. Jake was working the indies, too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the, the crowd lights up when none other than the TV champ, Booker T's music hits. Booker makes his way to the ring with a determined look on his face ahead of this bout. I'm sure he is raising the roof. 
Uh, I'm giving these two 20 minutes, Dom. It's going to be a banger of a match between these two to open the show. Um, both guys are awesome beasts in the ring, and uh, definitely want to focus on uh, like I want to focus this version of WCW on quality matches from talent who are really able to perform the spectacle type matches and, and have like a nice mix between that and those guys who are more like spectacles. You know, uh, those guys that are just like older but like draw a crowd because of who they are. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Saturn manages to lock Booker T in the rings of Saturn near the end of the match. And it's, it's looking like it might be over, but Booker gets a, a rope break miraculously. When Saturn goes back, it goes to get back on him. Booker's going to start his comeback and start going off on Saturn. Booker's going to hit him with the ax kick and throw his arms up in the air, indicating that it might be time for the Harlem hangover. But damn it, Dominic, damn it. Raven Canyon Riggs and Kidman are all on him. And the ref has to ring the bell for a disqualification. Uh, the group starts to beat on Booker T, but the crowd pops when Booker starts to fend them off. DDP, Mongo, and Juventud Guerrero are there to give him a hand, and the flock gets a case of the liver tail, as Uh-oh. Jared likes to put it, and they bail out. Booker T asks Penzer for the mic, and he gets one. Wait, now, Marcus, is it liver tail or limber tail? I think it's liver. I want to say it's limber. Uh, can anybody else weigh in on that? Mm. <laughs> Wait, who gets on the mic? Raven? Uh, no, Booker T's about to, oh, hang on, Dom, Jason Bristow, Bristow, is saying uh, it would be awesome if I could rewrite 2001 WCW Invasion WWE. I think so, too, because uh, there were a lot of missed opportunities there, for sure. Um, we, also, though, we we were kind of screwed by talent like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Scott Steiner, who were like, yeah, I think I'll just sit home and collect a check for like two years or whatever it was. So I could go back to work? Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me get this straight. Vince is going to give me less money to come to work, or I can sit home and get $2 million a year. I think I'll just hang out. <laughs> um, all right. Booker T's on the mic. I'm getting damn sick and tired of this BS sucker. Every week it's the same thing from you bunch of misfits, and I'm ready to put a stop to it for good. I'm sick of taking on your lackeys and goons, Raven. You want this belt? You better come and get it. How about a spring stampede? You step into the ring with this OG from 110th Street. Sucker. Now, uh, I I chose to voice Raven. Is that all right? Yeah, of course. Kinesha okay. uh, saying, quote the Raven, nevermore. Liver, lumber doesn't run, Dominic. Nate, calling you out. I think you're saying limber tail, right? I said limber tail. Now it says, what is limber tail in dogs, though? If you notice your dog has a limp tail and is not wagging happily, you walk through the door, she may have a condition known as limber tail. I'm. I am certain. a journalist. So oh, wait, you actually, you actually used the internet's to figure that one out. Yes, I did. Hey, hey fair enough. Um, let's see here. I gotta pull up my notes. My notes. My notes. Okay. So Raven's talking now, right? Uh, yeah, Raven. Okay, give the last quote just so people are so we're making it flow. How about a spring stampede? You step into the ring with this OG from 110th Street. Raven has a mic of his own. You think your belt means anything to me? All I care about is putting an end to you and those poisonous cretins by your side. I'll accept your challenge, and when I beat you, I'll carry the belt as a mockery in protest of the new conventions of our industry. Quote the Raven, nevermore. Raven always had this like really high vocabulary, so I was like, I need to capture Raven's voice. Remember when he took Ben Stein's money? Yes. Yeah, Raven was awesome, man. And I think a certifiable genius in real life. I think so, yeah. Uh, I ain't done yet. Booker T chimes back in. I want to enter your world and beat you at your game. I want you in a Ravens rules match. Uh, Raven grins evilly and Booker and Shivani at uh, Booker and Shivani tells us that 
that means the challenge is accepted. Uh, Mongo grabs the, the mic now from Booker. Don, be Mongo. I'll be Mongo. Now for you, Cannon. You didn't think I forgot about you, did you? Every time I look in the mirror, I get a reminder what you did to me. But guess what? I'm starting to like it. All the hate that's built up inside of me is starting to feel good. Because every time I feel like I'm about to bubble over with rage, I think about what I'm going to do to you. Are you gonna man? Are you gonna be man enough to come alone to Spring Stampede and face me like a man? Cannon has his trademark evil grin on his face and is compulsively flicking his zippo open and closed. He reaches over and grabs Raven's mic. Fine, Mongo, I'll take you on, but I want a stipulation: if you, a big tough jock like all the rest, can't beat a lowly trashy punk like me, I want you gone. I want you out of WCW. I want a loser leaves town match. The crowd pops, and Mongo gets a grin, a grin of his own. Hey, I'll gladly take that challenge. I'm going to wipe the mat with your face and wipe you put everybody's out of everybody's memory here in WCW. I, I was actually a typo. It's supposed to be wipe you out of everybody's memory here in uh, WCW. Memory. memory. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Lasted writers, Marcus. <laughs> uh, Shivani puts over what we, what we just heard, and we head to a break. So, Dominic Spring Stampede, there's going to be a loser leaves town match. Somebody's leaving WCW. I don't like that. I don't like that, Marcus, because I like both Canyon and Mongo here. Mm-hmm. So who's who's going to leave? How long will they be gone? Mm. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shivani puts over what we heard. We had to a break. When we return, we have the rough live video feed again from Sting. Bischoff is still strapped to the chair, and Sting is slowly spinning the swivel chair around and around as he talks to the camera. I've got an idea, Hogan, and I think you're going to like it. I want to return your little friend here to you. And I want you and your new lap dog, Sid, to meet me in the ring at the top, at the end of the program. Only you and Sid. If you two can appear with just the two of you, maybe I'll return Bischoff in one piece. Surely even the two of you aren't too cowardly for that, right? See you soon. The feed cuts off and we're back to the live crowd. Shivani reiterates that we will see a live confrontation between Sting, Hogan, and Sid at the end of the show. And he tells fans not to go anywhere because it's sure to tear the roof off the place. Don't you dare switch over to Raw. Don't you dare do it. <laughs> Nesha says, uh, do a double count at nobody leaves. I like that. I don't I like know about that. that. Uh, Nate's saying, um, excuse me, Booker, man, if you get rid of Canyon, you will get a pie to the face. So uh, get more of the face. You should get uh, Ultimate Dragons red pocket. <laughs> hey man, we you gotta you gotta put out those uh you gotta put out those teasers, right? You know, the, mm-hmm. I'm I'm raising the stakes here. <laughs> raising the stakes. Mm-hmm. Who do you who want who should go, Dom? Mongo? Canyon? No Either. one. No one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh NWO theme hits and out come the, the tag team champions, Brian Adams and Scott Steiner. Adams is in the lead, and he is set for singles action tonight against Randy, against Goldberg. Uh, Shivani reminds us that Bischoff set this match to soften Goldberg up for his match against Brian Clark at Spring Stampede for the WCW U.S. title. Goldberg's theme hits, and the crowd goes wild as demand comes through the curtain. Goldberg looked like an absolute savage in 98, did he not? Oh, my gosh. The massive traps. Unbelievable physique. He was like six foot five or six foot six or something, just like this massive monster of a dude. I know, um, like when I just tune in to old nitros or see clips of Goldberg back then, I like start giggling because it's exciting. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's like it, it, you look at that guy and you're like, I can't believe that that's a human that existed. And like, look at him; he's just a monster of a dude. You know, he's somebody like 
I, he's somebody that still makes me mark out at this point in time. There's a lot, like, there's very rare wrestlers that can do that anymore for me, but Goldberg still can do that to me. And, like, he's not a good wrestler. Like, he's, uh, we'll admit it, he's, he was kind of like a brute in the ring and sort of like imposed his will on, on opponents, uh, you know, to, to kind of get himself over. But, like, it, it, worked and like i you can see why wcw is like yep got to put the belt on this guy because he's awesome he's the he's the man yeah um so this match doesn't need a ton of time dom uh i do love both wrestlers but neither was like a artist in the ring let's face it so uh jonathan what's up man thanks for joining us yeah thanks brother um we are gonna go five minutes with adams uh starting hot before getting beat on by goldberg uh, norton is gonna grab goldberg's ankle near the end and distract him for adams to regain the advantage uh but guess who comes out dom it's tully and dean malenko and they're gonna run out and go off on norton as shivani reminds us that they're vying for those tag team championships that's right that's right but, but dominic who comes out next the outsiders run out and attack tully and dean Brawling in the aisle as Tony hypes the 10-man elimination tag match between the Wolfpack and the Gold Standard, uh, which is, again, for the number one contendership at Spring Stampede. Are there going to be gimmicks there, like uh, Stampede gimmicks? Uh, hey, bunk there, out. There's going to be, like, the stupid, uh, like, entrance set, if that's what you mean, but I don't think I'm going to have, like, a bunkhouse match. Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so the Brian... Brawling in the aisle, uh, Adams notices the chaos on the outside, and it only takes one second, that one second for Adams to get distracted, for Goldberg to absolutely light him up with a spear. I light him up, up, up. <laughs> he hoists Adam up, Adams up for the jackhammer, and this match, Dominic, is done. Oh, it's over. Um, all right, so the Outsiders and uh, Tully and Dean brawl to the back, and Adams is laid out in the ring while Norton is unconscious on the outside. Goldberg's le- Goldberg leaves, stepping over Norton, disrespectful, on the outside and raising his arms in victory as he turns uh, back toward the fans. But Dominic, out comes Brian Clark, running from the curtain with the U.S. title in his hands, and he smashes Goldberg in the back of the head with it and then stands over him, holding the belt in front of his face and shouting at him that he'll never take it from around Clark's waist. Goldberg is attempting to lift his head, but Clark gives him a stiff look and stomp to the face to finish him off before walking to the back with the U.S. title held high above his head. Mm. Oh, man. Brian Clark getting one over on Goldberg a little bit there. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's building it up. Building it up. Uh, and Brian Clark, again, another dude who's just whose physique was just absurd. He had like that really, really long upper body and just like packed with muscle. Giant guy. He's like six foot eight. Uh, awesome look. Love Brian Clark. He was he was quite the presence. Um, all right, next we go backstage where a limo is pulled up outside the arena, and Hogan, Sid, and Scott Steiner emerge, all in a huge rush. Come on, Hogan says. Oh, no, 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 that's my line. Oh wait, you want to be Hogan? All I'll right, be Hogan, ahead. dude. Come on, come on, Hogan says. We need to look this entire building over for that skinny twerp sting, dude. I'll kill him. Sid is shouting, when I get my hands on him this time, he'll leave on a stretcher. I can guarantee it. Sid starts doing his crazy guy laugh as uh, they're running into them. I'm just picturing Sid running into the building next to them. He's doing his insane like, uh, psycho Sid laugh. It's like the intro of Batman and uh, from the 1966 with Adam West and Robin. <laughs> and he would like, uh, I remember his, his eyes would like squeeze shut and he would just have that insane like grin on his face. That's kind of what I'm picturing where he's like doing that crazy guy laugh. Um, he run into the building as uh, we break for the end of hour one. 
um, yeah, dude, Psycho Sid, the character, it, it was one of my favorite things that WWF did. Um, his bone cruncher is pretty nice. I liked his bone cruncher. Awesome bone cruncher figure. Um, just awesome, unbelievable look. Great promo, uh, dude. Sid is money. I don't care what anybody says. And I uh, pictures of him today, and I was like, ah, he's pretty, pretty darn good. I still like him. Guess who gave him the Psycho Sid name? Scott Hall. Nope, Jim Cornette, because oh, uh, when Vince McMahon said he was bringing Sid in, Cornette said, you want to bring that guy in? He stabbed, uh, he stabbed uh, Arn Anderson. Arn. He's, he's a psycho. And uh, apparently Vince was like, psycho, that's great. Hey, that's good shit, pal. <laughs> so Cornette didn't want him there. He thought he was a psycho, which I guess if you're stabbing another dude, you might be. If you're stabbing another dude, especially Arn, what the fuck, Sid? Apparently, I don't know if you know the backstory, but apparently Sid was like at the bar or something after a show, and he was just like bragging on himself, saying how great he was. And Arn, in classic Arn fashion, stood up and basically told him to shut the fuck up. Dude, shut the and fuck. <laughs> I could imagine Arn just doing that too. And uh, apparently, Sid showed up at his hotel later that night with scissors in hand. What's the squeegee story? He attacked someone with a squeegee. Brian Pillman. He attacked Pillman with a squeegee. Yes. Brian Pillman. Correct. Pillman would have murdered him. Senior dumb. Yes, of course. <laughs> hey, congrats to Brian Pillman Jr. By the way. He, hey, he absolutely got signed to uh, got signed to AEW. Dominic Nesha wants you to do a, an impression of your favorite wrestler right now. I wonder if it was uh, is Hogan that. I don't know if. I oh, oh, I thought she wanted you to do an impression. Uh, she wants you to do her favorite she wrestler. Right. right. I wonder if it was. Uh, might be Hogan. Uh, Nate thinks that Pillman attacked him. I don't know. All I know is that it ended with uh, Sid grabbing a squeegee to attack him, and some and everybody was like, "Why a squeegee?" That's piss poor uh, thought process. He had half the brain that Brian did. <laughs> Anyways, um, um, what we got? All right. When we return, Hogan, Steiner, and Sid have been joined by Brian Clark, and they are walking down the hallway, kicking open doors and searching rooms. Wait, oh, hey, I'm Steiner, mother. Oh, you want to be Steiner? Oh, please, by all means. Wait, wait, Steiner says after they check a few. This is a huge building. If we're going to find him, we're going to have to split up. Good, Hogan. Oh, wait, you want to be Hogan. Go ahead, be Hogan. Good, Hogan says. That's a good idea, Scott. You check the east part of the building. Brian, get to the west. I'll check the south part, says Sid. No, no, brother, you come with me. Sid shrugs, and the men leave in separate directions. Giovanni calls Hogan a coward when we return to the arena and points out that he was too afraid to go searching for Sting alone. Dusty hey, shouldn't this be Bobby taught saying calling Hogan a coward? No, Bobby's time is done. Oh, wait, no, Bobby's still out there. Yeah. Right. No, Shivani was the baby face. No. Larry Zabisco started the show off, all right? Mm-hmm. And then so, so Bobby now, took now over. Bobby, now Bobby and Dusty are out there, but Shivani was the baby face, so he's gonna be calling him out. But Bobby hates Hogan. Does he? Because now yeah. Hogan's a heel and Bobby's supposed to be a heel. Yep, but he always hated Hogan. I I don't know if he hates him as much anymore. He hates him, Mark. He hates him. <laughs> uh, Shivani calls Hogan a coward, and when we return to when we return to arena and point out that he was afraid to go searching for Stingalone, Dusty Rhodes points out that Steiner and Clark don't have any friends left in the building with Norton and Adams both out of commission, and those two had better keep their heads on a swivel, baby. You better watch out. <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho's team hits, and the Ayatollah of rock and roll comes out wearing a giant clear helmet on his head, basically like <laughs> a clear plastic like astronaut's helmet. <laughs> <laughs> The announce crew calls him ridiculous and reminds us that Jericho is trying to protect himself from Ultimo Dragon's red mist. Jericho keeps pointing to his head as he comes down the aisle, reminding everybody how smart he is. His opponent tonight is Bobby Eaton, who's waiting for him in the ring. Uh, Beautiful one. 
I love Bobby Eaton. Uh, Eaton is going to shine Jericho up nicely here. Uh, Jericho is going to at first refuse to remove either the cruiserweight title or his helmet, but the ref is going to insist, uh, and he's going to wind up removing both. The match is going to be brief, but Eaton is going to look great putting Chris over. Uh, he was so damn good in the ring, dude. His Alabama jam, his finisher, uh, the top rope guillotine, super innovative for its day. And oh. like he just always nailed it perfectly. Like Bobby Eaton was always in the right spot at the right time. Just an, an underrated worker. Picture perfect, Bobby. I, I just think like his look and his dumb haircut kind of might have hindered him in like 1998. <laughs> but like, I I can't put over enough. Like, go watch uh, some of his stuff from like Smoky Mountain, working with Cornette. Um, what, what were they called? The Midnight Midnight Express. Yes. Really great tag team. Great worker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so at, for the end of the match, Jericho is going to be laid out for Eaton's Alabama Jam, but uh, he's going to get up as Eaton is going airborne, catch his legs, and lock him in the Lion Tamer for the win. Oh After the match, Jericho is going to immediately put his belt and helmet back on as Mean Gene makes his way to the ring to talk to him. Chris Jericho, a big victory for you here tonight, and it looks like you're prepared for your upcoming title bout against Ultimo Dragon. Jericho tries talking into the mic, but you can't hear a word he's saying underneath his dumb helmet. Chris, Chris, I can't hear you. You Jericho it. keeps talking. Mr. Jericho, I just don't Chris know. Chris still keeps talking. Chris Jericho, you take that ridiculous thing off right now. Jericho jumps at Gene yelling and he removes the helmet. Fine, Gene, but if I get the red mist, you all have hell to pay. As I was saying, all these Jericho-holics here in this arena and at home know that I'm the smartest man in the company. It was just a matter of time before I got out ahead of this dragon guy and his stupid red mist. But right now, I want to speak to you, J.J. Dillon. I know you're backstage contributing to the company about as much as a potted plant, but maybe you can make yourself of some use. That red mist should be treated as a foreign object and should not be allowed in my match with that stupid jerk Ultimo Dragon. I want it banned from the match, and I want him to be fined and disqualified if he uses it on me. J.J. Dillon comes out from the back with a mic of his own. You want to be J.J.? No, I don't have his dialogue with me. So you go ahead. You did a good job as JJ left. I mean, anyway. Thanks, man. Chris, listen, settle down. You have a point, okay? Using the red mist does give Ultimo Dragon an unfair advantage, and it should be taken into consideration for his match against you at Spring Stampede. Uh, the crowd boos, and uh, Chris gives an over-the-top little celebration in the ring before getting back on the mic. Finally, you may, you see some sense. Thanks, JJ. I'm glad you see things my way. Well, hold on a second now, JJ says. I... It would be an unfair advantage, except I just made a little change to the match. At Spring Stampede, your Cruiserweight title match against Ultimo Dragon is going to be no disqualification. Jericho flips out. I thought you'd like that. Enjoy the rest of your night, Chris. Jericho is having a huge tantrum in the ring. He takes the mic from Gene and throws it on the ground and takes his own helmet and throws it outside the ring. When he finally settles down, he gets outside of the ring to grab his helmet. Behind him, Ultimo Dragon emerges from under the ring. Chris is holding the helmet above his head and is about to put it on, but when he turns, he gets red-misted by the <laughs> dragon to a monstrous pop. We head to a break. So, Marcus, <laughs> this is an aside. Uh, us being from Pittsburgh, we go to a, a show, KSWA. It's been, it hasn't happened since the pandemic, but uh, there's a wrestler who – Wrote, worked for WCW T Ranchula. Yeah. Used him on this. Yeah, I've used him as an enhancement talent for Holland Nash. Well, now he's got like, he kind of just uh, ha embraces like who he is as a person. It has like this biker kind of gimmick going on. But something that he accrued was uh, throughout this time was uh, something called Nacho City. 
uh, a playoff of Brock Lesnar's Suplex City, but it's where he takes nachos and hits his opponent with it. So uh, very much to this Red Mist kind of vibe going down there. <laughs> it's it's kind of like uh, it has to happen, right? If we bring yes. up the Red Mist, Jericho has to get Red Misted now. Got to get it's Again, it's like Spinal Tap where the drummer, every drummer dies. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it has to happen. It's got to happen. <laughs> All right, guys, we're, we're nearing the end of the show. When we return, we find Scott Steiner backstage searching rooms. He passes Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in the hallway. Um, I added I added Paul Orndorff uh, after I learned about his passing today. So hey, I, nice. I, I just wanted him to make a little cameo since he was in the company. Um, and he asks him, hey, old timer, have you seen Sting anywhere around here? Uh, Orndorff replies, I might be past my prime, but I still have enough left in the tank to whip you, kid. So watch your mouth with me. Steiner turns and keeps walking, checking doors in the hallway. When he comes to a door that's locked, he starts pulling it on it and shouting, Sting, I know you're in there. Open up and face me like a man, or I'll bust the door down and come and get you myself. The door lock clicks open, and Steiner gets into a fighting stance. But out comes Lex Luger like a ball of fire. He starts beating Steiner's ass, and when Steiner goes to pick up a folding chair to defend himself, Luger punches it back into his face and knocks him out cold before leaving him laying. Oh. Uh, if you remember, Scott Steiner attacked Lex Luger last, last week when Luger was being complimented on his physique. That's correct. Mm-hmm. A little envious. A little one-up right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so next up we have the match that was set last week between Eddie Guerrero and the British Bulldog. Bulldog comes out first, and the announcers remind us that uh, this is a massive grudge match for, for him after Guerrero injured Bret Hart last week by hitting him with a car. Allegedly, Heenan reminds us, because Heenan is a fucking heel Dominic. Well, he's not against Hogan. He's always against Hogan. <laughs> he's, he's supposed to stick up for the heels. He's the no, heel announcer. No, he always went against Hogan, too. I know, but now he likes Hogan. No, that's not true, Marcus. It's not <laughs> it's true. Even when he turned heel, he, he embraced, like, I told you so. I told you all hey, that. Hey, I'm, I'm just trying to make sense, Dom. You're not Maybe. making sense by doing this. Heels and baby faces, Dom. Yeah, well, Bobby Heenan, that was one exception, Mark. Shut up. Eddie is out <laughs> next, and you get, <laughs> and you guessed it. His nephew Chavo is there with him. The two saunter to the ring, and this one is off and running. Uh, I'm going to give this match a really big segment. I mean, both guys are really good, capable performers. Performers. I'm not sure if they actually ever had a match, the Bulldog and, and Eddie, but I imagine it would be a hell of a match. Yeah, right? It's an interesting uh, like combo to it. Yeah. Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this match last long enough that it runs through one commercial, and uh, we're going to see basically all the offense that both these guys have to offer. Um, Chavo won't interfere until the end where he'll grab Bulldog's ankle, but instead of simply being distracted, Bulldog is going to get out of the ring and actually start taking it to Chavo with a huge crowd reaction. Uh, Bulldog is going to hoist him up on the outside and hit his running power slam on the mat outside the ring, and the crowd's going to go nuts. I feel like that would be a fun visual, Bulldog hitting that power slam out there. Yeah. Um, when Bulldog gets back into the ring, Eddie tries to jump him, but Davey ducks his attack and goes to work on him. Eddie does his classic get down on his knees and try to beg off. And when the Bulldog pulls him up to his feet, Eddie rakes his eyes. Eddie hits Bulldog with the three amigos and goes up top for a frog splash and the semi-clean victory wow. right then and there. Uh, the announcers put over the fact that they must admit Eddie looked good against an opponent who, uh, who outmatched him in size. Eddie is so busy celebrating that he just completely ignores his down nephew and just goes to the back with his arms up in the air. All right. Uh, up next on, we find ourselves backstage again. And this time we, f- we find Brian Clark walking around outside a loading dock area. 
he's continuously shouting Sting's name as he walks around and manhandling any arena staff that gets in his path. Out of nowhere, though, Dominic Goldberg is going to come in from off screen and drill Clark with a spear into a pile of cardboard boxes. We head to commercial with Goldberg now standing over Clark in much the same way as Clark stood over him earlier in the night. How about that? So he's like, you're not going to want out me, pal. And you know what? It's all these WCW guys kind of getting the better of the NWO at this point. Which we don't get to see very often. No. When we return, Hogan's music hits, Voodoo Child. And uh, he's on his way to the ring with Sid. Uh, they both appear to be fuming by the time they actually reach the ring and Hogan gets a mic. Um, oh, you don't have this. I was going to let you do it. Never yeah, mind. I don't, I don't have any of this dialogue. That coward Sting lied to us and lied to all you people here. He's in the building, brother. We searched it from top to bottom, and he's nowhere to be found. Sting, you've proven again that you're not half the man that Hollywood Hogan or Sid are, dude. Just then, Dominic, the lights go out, and the crowd goes nuts. And the child uh, starts speaking. <laughs> Believe me, to be honest, I really did think about that. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's too hokey. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't have Eric Bischoff's son cut a promo. <laughs> Um, a single spotlight hits the Nitro stage, and there's Sting, and he's got Bischoff still tied to the chair. Sting sh- uh, shoves the uh, s- the swivel-wheeled chair uh, down the ramp where it rolls halfway down before toppling over. The lights go out again, and when they come back on, Sting is now in the ring with Sid and Hogan, and he has a bat. He goes off on the two NWO members, beating them both down with his bat. Norton and Adams both come limping out to try to make the save, but by the time they get to the ring, Sting has already hooked up his harness to the cable, which dropped from the rafters. We go off the air with Sting flying out of the arena. Wow. That is it. It's a good one, man. Thank you. That's a good one. Thank you. Sting is getting some friends. Mm-hmm. And Sting is one up in the NWO, getting, a, getting, a, getting his heat back. Yeah. No DDP this week, huh? Uh, Nesha feels that we should have the the hobby horse for job. Pepe, Pepe, Pepe. Uh, did a run in during the opener, Dom. Oh, you're right. I think I'm on the mic though. No, no DDP on the mic this week. We'll give him a break. Hey, you know what? What's the deal with the uh, Project Runway here? Oh, uh, their runway royalty, Dominic. Yeah, Project Runway. Uh, we just need more tag teams in in the division, which we'll get. It's actually part of a storyline I was building here tonight. Oh, so suck on that. Okay, yeah, they're jobber team anyways. A little bit of wrestle crap going on. <laughs> well, I I disagree strongly. <laughs> uh, Nesha says she misses Chavo. I would love it if Chavo came into AEW, even just for like a battle royal or something. Oh man, how great would it be if he went to any of these promotions? Dom, um, let me let me tell you something. Something that I was thinking about today, and I was like, oh, that would be perfect. So I saw a picture of uh, Savio Vega with Razor Ramon and Savio Vega had the uh, Puerto Rican flag with him. Yeah. And I was like, how sweet would it be if he started managing Proud and Powerful? Ooh, that would be cool. And oh. and also he can still go. He can still wrestle. So it's like he could jump in there every once in a while with him. The dude has uh, kendo stick moves like no other. I'm just saying it'd be cool. Yeah, Savio's awesome. Um, yeah, that'd be very cool. Ah, uh, cool. Let's see. Anything else we got to address here, Mark? That was a good show. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Nate says he he likes that spot with the bulldog where he does a military press into uh, drop on the ropes, which I always thought was cool too. I yeah. think he would like he'd press the guy and like basically drop him onto the ropes and the guy would bounce up like over. That. Yeah, yeah, it was always really cool. Yeah. 
um alwande he didn't know uh i think he's referring to uh mr wonderful he didn't know him but he pays tribute to him yeah we all do you know it's it's really sad to hear about this uh i say it a lot on this podcast and our other podcast uh, which is two dynamite dudes with attitude right here on wrestlezone yep um I, I say it a lot, but you know, wrestling to me, it's, it's kind of like a community, you know, it's like when you, when we see other wrestling fans or I see a guy out, you know, at the mall or whatever, and he's wearing a wrestling t-shirt, I'm just like, Oh, awesome. Like this guy, he's into the same shit I'm into, you yeah. know what I mean? And so it's, we're all kind of like a community and I, I include the talent in that community too. So like when we lose somebody like who's such an icon, like, like Mr. Wonderful, it's, it's hard, man. Yeah. It's really hard. You see the two, the reaction he got online, it's, it's like everybody from triple H to, WWE to AEW to uh, Les Thatcher, um, Mick Foley, so many talents uh, today just paid a little bit of a tribute to him, and it's um, yeah, it's a bummer, you know. Uh, Nate saying I'm I'm like Mick Foley with the cheap pop there, plugging two dynamite dudes. I'm I'm guessing that's what he's referring to. Uh, yeah, you dude, I'm, a, I'm a, dozens and dozens of listeners. I am a shameless shill. Just ask my good close personal friend Eddie Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> um well i do have to, a little bit of announcement to make i cannot i i'm erring on the side of not being an episode of two dynamite dudes this week because i will be away i'm actually going on vacation so um i don't know if i'll have an opportunity to host the show um but we will see we'll see what happens Maybe yeah, I mean, if, if you can do it remotely, then great. If not, no big deal. You know, we'll we'll be back strong the next week. I think this will be the first week we missed, right? I think so. If we don't I do it. Every every time maybe maybe we missed. I don't know though, Mark, because any, like, anytime, anytime I've been unavailable, you've jumped in and done I just it. Did a solo, solo episode of it. Yeah. Um yeah, it's gonna it might be a little tough for me to do just depending on the circumstances and everything like that. It's not that I don't want to do it because I do like love doing it. It's you know, anytime I'm seeing like, dang it, even last week, you know, Marcus and I was like, hey, we should maybe do it tonight. <laughs> Marcus is like, it'll be way too late by the time I'm done. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. I, you know, when when are you back from your vacation? Sunday, I think at some point. So I could definitely just, do. It. Let's just do it Sunday. We could probably do it Sunday, depending on when I get back. Yeah. So right. maybe we, could always, we could always maybe do a late night one too from another short one, like ten to ten to ten thirty or ten to eleven or whatever. Something to that effect. Yeah. Well, we could go live, and you know, could be a good way to close out the week. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll put a pin in it for right now, and if just keep your eyes out on WrestleZone.com for any announcements going on with that. So I will call it a strong probability that we'll do that podcast. And by the way, you can follow this podcast, WCW Rewritten, at WCW Rewritten on uh, on the Twitter. You can follow our other podcast, Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude, at two, the number two, Dynamite Dudes. You can follow me. I'm Marcus D'Angelo. You can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter. You can follow my slapdick brother over there, Dominic, at Dominic D'Angelo. And follow WrestleZone.com at WrestleZone.com on Twitter. Go to WrestleZone.com for all of your wrestling news needs. Uh, Dominic, what else you got, man? Yeah, I, usually I like these episodes to be kind of timeless, but we've been addressing some current event stuff. But um, something that's timeless, not only is this kind of uh, stuff that BCW written, but I would have to say the man behind my shoulder right here, Mr. Henry Winkler, who I got to interview uh, a couple weeks ago uh, regarding uh, his 1978 movie, uh, The One and Only, which is very based around pro wrestling. So uh, give a listen to that. He, I talked to him for 30 minutes. 
one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot of nice wrestlers out there, but he was super duper generous with his time. Super nice. And he talks about being involved with uh, working and training with guys like a uh, Gene LaBelle is who trained him. Judo Gene LaBelle. And then there's some appearances, but Chavo Guerrero, Chavo's dad was in the movie. Uh, Chavo senior. Chavo senior. And then um, Roddy Piper uh, as well. So lots of cool stuff. I really recommend trying to go and watch that movie. You can order it, stream it on uh, Amazon. So is the way to get it. I actually bought the Blu-ray of it because I was just yeah. You know, for for those of you who don't know, it's uh, you know he played he played the Funs in Happy Days. He was also the coach in The Water Boy. You know, a guy who's had a heck of an acting career. Really cool of him to take the time to uh, to talk to Dominic about a wrestling movie he did. Gosh, it was uh, what Over 40 uh, years ago now. Yeah, forty three years ago. So yeah. uh, just really cool of him to take the time and do that. Um, and yeah, yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, Dominic, you got anything else you're you're coming on with? Just, uh, yeah, I uh, obviously I was at MLW for the Battle Riot. And um, right before that, I got to interview uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, modern day wrestlers, uh, Davey Richards, uh, who's back in the wrestling. So, and he had a hell of a match uh, against TJP this week and also participated in the Battle Riot. I won't spoil it for you, but it was a very good match. I know that much. And uh, so, Tune into that when it goes. Well, well, tune into our interview. We talk that. We talk battle riot. We talk um, music and stuff like that. And he's had such an interesting hiatus, sabbatical from pro wrestling, because he's not only a wrestler, but he was a paramedic, and he's also a firefighter, and uh, he's going to become a doctor. Like he's working to become a doctor. So it's like the dude does a whole lot of different stuff, and it's pretty darn cool. Plus, he's got a family too, so he's balancing all that together. Spinning a lot of plates, but. The American Wolf can get it done. So, Dom, how was the MLW show at National Wants to Know? Did you enjoy it? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, it's awesome to hear the crowd reaction, like just the live crowd being back. And um, just some of the matches that went down, I can make note of certain matches that you'll see. Calvin Tangman versus Pittsburgh's very own Lee Moriarty. What a show stealer that was. Holy smokes. I didn't know Lee Moriarty was from Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. And Very then cool. um, there's also TJ, like I said, TJP and Davey Richards was a real, real good match. Um, uh, there's a uh, women's competition going down that you have to tune into because that got really great reaction uh, was the women's match. I would also recommend, you know, as a periphery MLW fan myself, a guy that really drew me in and uh, catches my interest regularly uh, is Alex Hammerstone. Um, yes. he's, he's like, he has got probably the best physique in pro wrestling today. And, uh, just like a great look, um, a great personality, an incredible finisher. It's called the nightmare pendulum. Um, uh, you gotta check it out. When yeah. Uh, even if you don't go and like watch one of his matches, just go type in the nightmare pendulum on YouTube. Um, with I say Alex Hammerstone nightmare pendulum, something like that. It is an unbelievable finish. This guy is awesome. Um, follow him on Twitter. At um, Alex Hammerstone. At Alex Hammerstone. Yeah, uh, he's a really fun follower. The Angel brother saying. Yeah, absolutely. He knows Dom, so uh, just a just a cool guy. And you know what? He's got one of the best themes in wrestling. It's Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, it's awesome, awesome. Fires you up. It's um, and you know what? He's somebody that Marcus uh, really appreciates because he's somebody that protects his finisher too. 
You know? Yep. Nobody that's kicks that. out of that finish. And Nobody I think, I think that that's a smart thing to do in wrestling. It's one of the things I love about Kenny Omega too. Nobody yeah. kicks out of the one winged, winged angel and they shouldn't. It's that's the way to handle it, man. So yeah, he was, and I tell you what, Philly ate him up. He was over super over. Also, he's, he's going to be a major, major star. Uh, go out of your way to follow intended. him. Huh? Pun intended. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, go out of your way to follow him and check him out. He is, is for real though. He's going to be a superstar. Yeah. Oh, Baron Corbin's another one that does that too. Yeah, at the end of days, which is a great finisher too. He does. He makes sure to protect his finisher. Nate. Nate mentions that. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Fatu is somebody you got to watch out for. Oh, Obviously, Jacob Fatu. Oh man, man, what a great match! I saw the spot actually from that show where he is on the bottom rope in the corner, springs himself up, catches the top rope, and then does a backflip for a guy his size to do something like that. Unbelievable. Amazing. Amazing. Everybody's been, it was vying to get him too, but he did WWE, AEW, yeah. but he wanted to stick with MLW. And I would say it was a good move. It was a great move. Yeah. So yeah, Kevin Davis, what's up, man? Thanks for How's joining it going, us. Kevin. Yeah. So, um, yeah, take a look at that. We also have some other interviews up. Shoot, I'm trying to figure out who it was. Though. We got we got some good stuff. Go to WrestleZone.com, and you will find them there. But, uh, yeah, uh, ROH, we have a lot of good ROH coverage that went down. Um, if you would, too, like to check out, you can check the spoilers uh, for uh, Battle Riot, um, if you would like to do that. I give some notes, too, uh, reaction notes of what happened during that show. Um, so you can check stuff like that out too. Just uh, go and type in MLW on WrestleZone and you'll find it. It'll pop up there. Um, but yeah, really great show. But yes, we did heavy coverage of ROH and uh, their show, Best in the World. Colin Tessier does a great job uh, doing all things ROH. It's something that makes us really stand out as a website is uh, the coverage we were able to do for like sites uh, for promotions like that and Impact and uh, go all out for that kind of stuff. No pun intended there. But um, yeah, so got some good stuff kicking there on uh, on WrestleZone. So yeah, we got some some good podcasts, really strong podcasts here on WrestleZone. So yeah, uh, please uh, please continue to follow us. Go ahead and send us messages, questions, uh, anything you guys have in mind, suggestions for this show. I will take uh, good suggestions, and uh, you know, it's I, I'm I'm interested to hear the the feedback. And more than anything, guys, we just appreciate everybody joining us as always. It's always it's always a hoot doing this stuff. And like I, this is one of my favorites. I mean, I we only do two like actual shows on. No, I do three shows. I take it back. This is one of my actual favorite shows to do because I just sit here and listen pretty much. So yeah, and it's fun. You know, it's it's really re rewarding for me to write these, and uh, you know, I can kind of see it coming together in my head. I try to do everybody justice whenever I write a promo and do something that I, I can hear in their voice. Um, so you know, hopefully you guys are enjoying it, and uh, we'll see you guys in what two weeks. And we'll do mm -hmm. another one. Yeah, yeah, every two weeks we're doing this now. So. Yeah, it'll actually be 13 days because we usually do it on a Sunday. Yeah, we'll do it on a Sunday. So this was just a special exception for it. So, yeah. But, hey, Marcus, guess what? We're out of time. The tape machines are rolling, guys, and we'll see you next time right here on WCW Rewritten on WrestleZone. Thanks, guys.